Welcome to GeoCurious, the podcast that explores the geographic anomalies, mysteries, and just plain fascinating places in our world. Today we're going to take a closer look across the pond, specifically the hidden rivers of England. Unsurprisingly, a country with such a long history has a few geographic secrets, shaped by and in turn shaping human settlements. First, we turn our attentions to the north, where visions of English woods may stir memories of A.A. Milne's bucolic hundred-acre woods, or the altruistic exploits of Robin Hood and his merry men. Yorkshire County in northern England has a plethora of scenic walking trails, woods, and rivers to explore. On these trails, you'll find families, day hikers, and dog walkers. Nearby is the historic Bolton Abbey, with the picturesque ruins of a 12th century Augustinian monastery and a popular excursion for tourists and day trippers. There are rolling hills and green fields, oak trees, and woodpeckers. It's beautiful. What you may not expect to find is one of the most dangerous waterways in the world. The large river wharf rolls through the area, at one point narrowing to what has long been locally called the strid, coming from the word stride, hinting at the leap one would need to cross the water at its narrowest point. If you ignored all local knowledge and the various warning signs, you'd find yourself at a winding creek burbling through the woods, flanked by rocky banks, narrow enough to jump or wade across. You would be mistaken to do this. The wharf, you see, does not diminish in volume at this point in its path, as evidenced by its widening and churning further down its course. Instead, the entire river begins to run vertically, essentially turning itself on its side, and what appear to be those gentle rock banks along the water's edge are in fact overhanging ledges covering the depths below, long hollowed out by the rushing waters. Most of the river has simply gone underground, at full strength, forming an unmapped depth of pockets, tunnels, and caves instead of a riverbed. We're not even sure just how deep it goes in this area. Urban legend claims that the Strid has a 100% fatality rate, meaning that everyone who has set foot in the waters has been sucked into the depths and drowned, although we couldn't find any hard data to back this up. However, it's no secret that it's had a number of fatalities over the years, perhaps most famously a honeymooning couple that simply disappeared in 1998 during a sudden flooding of the wharf. Gertrude Atherton wrote of the Strid, There was no lonelier spot in England nor one which had the right to claim so many ghosts, if ghosts there were. In short, we don't know exactly what lies beneath the Strid. Deadly underwater caverns, uncharted depths, the remains of its victims, and we'd perhaps be foolhardy to try and find out. Moving south of Yorkshire, we find ourselves in the heart of London, where another kind of underground river flows. The lifeblood of the city has long been its most famous waterway, the Thames. When Romans settled what was then called Londinium, the outpost walls followed the course of the Thames. It flows through the heart of the modern city to this day. But this particular piece of geography offered more than one freshwater source to its first inhabitants. A number of smaller rivers and streams flowed through the area originally, and some of their names have more commonly been associated with their better-known namesakes the River Fleet and the Tyburn, for instance, to Fleet Street and the Tyburn Gallows, respectively. 
Others in the area include the Ephra and the Walbrook, and numerous ditches and canals. But anyone who spent time in London knows it's a city of stone and streets, very unlike, say, the canal-crossed plans of Venice. So where did all the water go? The London stretch of the River Fleet, once broad and widely used in Roman times, ran perpendicular to the Thames on the north side of the city, roughly from Hampstead Heath to Blackfriars, for those of you familiar with the area. Supposedly, the Iceni warrior Queen Boudicca fought the Romans over the fleet on an ancient bridge, before her death and, according to long unsubstantiated rumor, burial under what is now King's Cross Station. Its accessibility and location soon gave it use as a trash and sewage dumping grounds, however, and by the 13th century, it was heavily polluted, eventually becoming a sludge-choked sewer or rerouted for industrial use. Filled with refuse and the discarded offal of Smithfield butchers, the river had become a dangerous, stinking mass. Jonathan Swift impugned the fleet in a 1710 poem as such. In huge confluence joined at Snow Hill Ridge, fall from the conduit prone to Hallborn Bridge, sweepings from butchers' stalls, dung, guts, and blood, drowned puppies, stinking sprats all drenched in mud, dead cats and turnip tops come tumbling down the flood. After the 1666 Great Fire of London, a large portion of London was rebuilt. Pioneering architect Christopher Wren, the man behind St. Paul's Cathedral, among his many contributions to the city during a time of rebuilding after the fire, attempted to give the fleet a restoration-era makeover, modeled after Venetian canals. Despite the new stone and embankments and decorative bridges, barge traffic never quite took off and it quickly fell back into sewer status to become for lack of a better term, a stinking embarrassment. Over a period of years, it was slowly bricked over and diverted for various industrial and transportation uses, parceled out piece by piece, and tunneled up during projects such as the Victorian-era sewage tunnels construction. Considering how awful the smell must have been, it's understandable that residents would support covering the canal. It's worth noting that a buildup of sewage gases in the fleet tunnels caused an explosion near King's Cross. To this day, Londoners still walk by the Victorian stink pipes designed to mitigate this rising from the ground. 20th century anecdotes offer glimpses of the fate of the fleet. Tales of the water, now forced underground, seen flowing through basements and storage areas. But it wasn't until the late 20th century that there was real renewed interest in the lost waterways. Wren's decorative fleet bridge was rediscovered in the late 90s by a historian who then traced the river's path. If you're wondering how an entire bridge gets lost, keep in mind it was a smaller decorative bridge, which was simply bricked up into the later tunnels built around it. Since then, there's even been talk of restoring the fleet and others, although it's difficult to gauge how realistic this is. Until then, Londoners will have to be content with a few secret glimpses of the lost waters, if they know just where to look. If you've ever taken the Sloan Square tube, you may have noticed a large metal pipe running overhead. There before you flows the remains of the River Westbourne, culverted in the 19th century. Gray's Antique Center in Mayfair claims to have the Tyburn River itself, long since diverted for a water supply, running through its lower level complete with goldfish and decorative bridges. You can visit it yourself during business hours. And the fleet, the largest of these lost rivers? On a lucky day, you may see the remains of it seeping into the Thames from an opening under Blackfriars Bridge. And on a quiet evening, if you know just where to look, 
You might hear and even see it through a grating outside the Coach and Horses pub in Clerkenwell, with or without the help of a few pints. Thanks for listening. To see pictures and read more about today's podcast, please visit our blog at geocuriouspodcast.wordpress.org.